Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tomahawk Talk Podcast Edition. I am your host, Brett Rutherford, and joining me today, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Gary Putnick. Gary, this is the week we've been waiting for, for a lot of the summer. I don't think either of us thought this was coming, but it's here. Baseball is back. Opening day, Thursday for a few teams, but Friday for most teams, including my Tampa Bay Rays and your Miami Marlins. Uh, we've got preseason baseball on MLB Network and ESPN this week. What has that been like, just to be able to sit down, turn on a game, and watch? It's been so refreshing. I mean, just to sit down, I hate the Yankees and the Mets, but I sat down and watched the entire Yankees-Mets game on, what was it, like Friday night? And it was great. I enjoyed sitting there watching it. Uh, I didn't really hate any team. I just appreciated the fact that they were playing baseball on TV live, and I hadn't, and I don't know the outcome. <laughs> Yeah, and our, our, our resident, uh, well, one of our resident Mets fans at V89, uh, Gianna Rontas, had the opportunity to be on the show tonight, uh, but she bailed, and good thing, because the Mets, their defense looked absolutely terrible in that game that was televised on, on ESPN over the weekend, and I don't know, I'm just not buying into the Mets as much no. as a lot of other people are, and we're going to talk about that later on in the show, but we've got another Marlins fan joining the panel tonight. He covers the Marlins uh, uh, for an SB Nation blog, and that is Mr. Alex Krutchik. Alex, what's up, man? Baseball's back. You've been at Marlins Park covering summer camp. What's that been like in terms of a, a media perspective and some of the rules and regulations that you guys have to follow to make sure that everything is safe uh, when it comes to the return of Major League Baseball? Hey, Brett. So – I was pretty concerned, to be honest with you, um, going into summer camp because you hear about all these rules and regulations, not just in major league ballparks, but all around the country and all different types of businesses. And you see that businesses and restaurants don't always follow the rules. But I got to say, Marlins Park is probably the safest place I've been to other than my own home all summer. Uh, you go in, you get your temperature checked by someone and for some reason, my temperature has been like abnormally low. Like, I don't think I've been above 97.8 this entire time. Should probably oh, see a doctor. doctor. Yeah, I know. I should probably doctor. see a doctor. Well, I'll go, oh, I'll go after the season's me. over. I, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go after the season's over. I can't risk <laughs> missing baseball. But, um, and then they ask you all these questions. Have you come into contact with anyone? They ask you all these weird symptoms. And then you go in. Only one person's allowed in the elevator at a time. You go into the press box. There's about 10 seats to your left and to your right that are blocked off. No one can sit there. You got to wear a mask the entire time. Um, and what the Marlins are doing, which is pretty smart, is not only can you sit in the press box, but you also sit out in the seating bowl so that you spread out even more. Okay. And I really hope that's something that we can do during the regular season because it would be pretty nice to watch like Marlins versus Braves from like row five right above home plate. But I don't know with the regular season if that'll be a rule that they're allowed to bend a little bit. But it's been fun. It's been fun to um, to be able to see a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, see some of the stuff that Don Mattingly and all the coaching staff has these guys working on. Because I don't usually say this about the Marlins, but I'm kind of excited for this season. I'm not expecting the playoffs or anything, but there's things to get excited about. There's always good reason to be excited at the beginning of a baseball season for, for one reason or another. And I talk about this with Gary every year, you know, at the start of the season, everyone can hope everyone can be excited about what they're going to see that season, even if it's postseason or not. And, but with a 60 game season and with all the unknowns about how the games are going to be played, there's some new rules. There's some rules that were going to be implemented that are taking a year off. The national league has a DH for at least this year. I'm guessing it's going to be there forever uh, but that's a story for another day and it's a 60 game schedule it's a sprint and if you know in, in that National League East division where I predict and we're going to get into that later on a lot of teams are going to eat each other up if there's a couple key injuries around that division you know I'm not saying I'm not saying the Marlins are going to make the postseason but I'm saying there's a chance so <laughs> we'll get into that we're going to talk about uh, we're going to break down every division in Major League Baseball if you haven't noticed already tonight is going to be a baseball centric show uh, you know there's other news around the sports world but with baseball coming back this week we're going to cover Major League Baseball and then NBA and NHL will come next week as they prepare to restart their seasons and as always our producer Sebastian Angeliano on the ones and twos tonight uh, Sebastian 
we got two Rays fans, two Marlins fans on the show. I think, uh, and no disrespect to the Marlins, but uh, we have a little bit more that we can expect this season from our team down in St. Pete. As always. And uh, yeah, can I just sure. say real quick that it does not surprise me in the slightest that Alex Krawczyk's body temperature is a little below normal. After all, he's one of the chillest people at the radio station. Oh, damn. So, uh, oh, thanks. You've been sitting on that one for a few Yeah, minutes. I have been sitting on that one. I was ready to burst over here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for the Marlins, uh, the spring optimism that comes with every year and every new year of baseball um, has lasted a little longer, and I'm happy for that. Um, but for us Rays fans um, – fall comes with expectations and i am enthusiastic once again going into september that we'll see with a um with a smaller schedule um and maybe an expanded format that the rays are going to go deep into playoffs this year same playoff format this year 12 are uh, still uh, 10 uh, they never teams. went through with that well i'm nope. still optimistic yeah i like it i i, I... I think it is going to be weird and, and there's question marks whether or not this season should be played or how safe it actually is. Those aren't our decisions to make, but there is baseball that's going to be played and we're going to talk about it. So I think uh, we should go ahead and get started with some of our division previews for Major League Baseball's 60-game season. And let's start with the National League East. So obviously you've got the Miami Marlins, the Philadelphia Phillies, the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves and a team oh and the washington nationals the defending world series champions can't forget them uh let's 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 start it off with the marlins guys we'll, we'll start our show with the with the miami marlins coming off a not great season but we know that the marlins are in a more long-term rebuilding process and gary i'll throw it over to you alex just got a chance to talk a lot about about summer camp any players in particular you're looking out for this year? Maybe a guy that struggled last season that could get back on on track this year, or any new additions uh, that'll be at Marlins Park that you think are going to help the Finns out this season? Well, I think the biggest addition right now that's going to be of use to the Marlins is Jonathan VR. I mean, it's something it's someone that a lot of people have looked to right now so far in summer camp, and probably Alex has taken notice of him in those scrimmages. But he's from what I've heard and what I've seen out of the reports is that he's playing pretty darn well in camp right now. So I think he's going to be a little bit, a nice addition to this team. He brings that veteran presence. He's a little bit on the older side. He's 30 years old now, but I still think he's going to be of use to the Marlins this year. Sadly, the one that I made the prediction of when we first traded for him, Lewis Brinson, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to be making this year, even though he is on the uh, roster going into Atlanta tomorrow for our exhibition game before the season gets underway. And Alex Marlins, they, they win, uh, you know, they win 57 games last year. They lose 105. Somehow, someway, that wasn't the worst record in Major League Baseball. That belongs to the Detroit Tigers. But talk to me about that Marlins first-round pick, Max Meyer, out of the University of Minnesota. Is he going to make an impact on their big league club this year? I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Even when they drafted him, uh, some of the pundits were saying that this is a guy that could produce for the Marlins in 2020, especially if there's expanded rosters. Are you expecting to see Meyer at all this year? Uh, I honestly don't think so because, yes, you do have expanded rosters, but you also only have 60 games to play. So the wear and tear plus the injuries aren't really going to affect you as much. And even if they do, I don't think Max Meyer will be the first guy being called up from Jupiter. For example, Jordan Yamamoto who was our fifth starter last year. He got sent down to Jupiter. So he's number one. And then you have guys like Sixto Sanchez that are number two probably uh, in that pecking order of guys that might be called up from Jupiter. But that doesn't mean that I'm not excited about it. This guy has uh, three pretty good pitches, including a slider that a lot of people said was the best in the draft. Uh, I think he needs to put just a little bit more weight on him uh, just because he kind of has a Tim Lincecum figure which we all know Tim Linscombe, a great pitcher, but kind of flamed out pretty quickly. So I think that once he comes up, it'll be pretty good, but I don't know if he'll get his time this year. And even if he does, it'll be like a couple mop-up innings. I do want to add in, we got, um, oh, how's his name escaping me right now? Uh, Gary, we signed him from Florida State. Um, oh, um, Antonio, Antonio Velez. Yeah, I'm so, I don't yes. know how that name escaped me. That was pretty exciting, too, because mm -hmm. he's an unsigned free agent. I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to the uh, getting into the rotation this year or any time thereafter. But 
just because he's an unsigned free agent, there was only five rounds in the draft this year. He's still a pretty good pitcher, and I genuinely think that he'll find himself in somebody's bullpen. It may not be the Marlins. I don't know if he'll be traded at some point in the next couple of years, but he's going to find himself in a major league bullpen. So I'm pretty excited to see how that works out in a couple of years. And we're not going to go team by team and cover every all 30 teams in the big leagues. Um, but I had, you know, two Marlins fans that are obviously very knowledgeable on the team. And obviously Alex Krutchek, who, who covers the team. So we wanted to go a little more in depth on uh, the Marlins. But looking around this division, you get the Philadelphia Phillies. Didi Gregorius going to be at shortstop. They've still got Gene Segura, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins. They bring in Joe Girardi to be the skipper. So Gabe Kapler leaves the Phillies. He goes out west to replace Bruce Boshi with the San Francisco Giants. And they get Joe Girardi, a guy that has won a World Series with the New York Yankees. He beat the Phillies back in 09. A team that's probably underperformed these last couple of years as they've been building up to become contenders once again. Obviously made the big splash last offseason to bring in Bryce Harper in a 60-game season. I really like these guys. I think they've got to pitch pretty well. Maybe you need a back a, a comeback season for Jake Arrieta, but you've still got guys like Aaron Nola, uh, a pretty solid bullpen that needs some work. But with Joe Girardi at the helm, he's a guy that I thought belonged in a major league dugout somewhere. Uh, he gets his spot with the Phillies. Gary, how do you feel about the Phillies this year? Just like you said, they're dangerous. I think they're going to be a team that's going – It's. Just, I believe this. the NL East is a three-team division right now. I'm disregarding the Marlins and the Mets to be contenders to win it this year. But between the Phillies, I think they're easily in the top two for odds to win it right now, in my opinion. My The one thing is JT Real Muto, if he can stay healthy and he has a good season like he always does, it's going to be huge for them because – that's that consistency that you need, especially behind the dish, having that same guy in there day in, day out, especially in this short sprint of a season. So if he can be there, and then I think they're going to need to look for their outfield to produce because other than Harper, it's, it's a little bit, I'd say thin maybe to describe it, but it's going to be a little bit of an interesting scenario that they're going to have playing out there. Yeah, you know, uh, JT Romuto, probably the best catcher in baseball, with Girardi there, I really like the Phillies this year. But you mentioned the Mets. You're discounting the Mets. Mm-hmm. I am too a little bit. Let's talk about that. Noah Syndergaard out for the year with Tommy John surgery. They hired Carlos Beltran to be their manager. And he had to step down before the season even begun. They bring in Miguel Rojas to take in as the manager or to step up as the manager. Robinson Cano is back. You want to assess where this is back. But are those guys really the same types of players? Jed Lowry, no one's heard from him. Is he going to be able to produce this year? Can Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonzo replicate what they did in 2019 in just a short season? I think there are more question marks uh, about the Mets than there are known quantities with this team and how much they're going to be able to produce in a 60-game season. And I, I think that's why they're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can look at their their starters right now. They have Priscello, Waka, DeGrom, Stroman, and that's those are just four guys right there. But So their pitching really shouldn't be that much of an issue, at least in the starting. But their relievers, I think, is also going to be a huge issue. I know we watched a little bit of their games this past weekend. They didn't look too good. Dellen Batanzas came yeah. in relief. He didn't look too hot either. I know it's you could say it's the same thing. It's like, oh, it's spring training. These games don't count. Why should you worry? But it's – spring training ends in a couple days and the season starts on Friday. So maybe the time to worry is now for the Mets. So I don't know if you're going to be able to turn it around that quick. Cause usually the Mets are one of those teams that always comes out of the gates hot. And yeah. I don't know if that's going to even happen this year, if they're going to come out of the gates hot. Yeah. It'll be interesting because if they do, I mean, that could put them right in the postseason. Let's go through our NL East predictions. And uh, then we'll, if you want to throw out some more insight on it, on any of the teams we didn't cover, I know we didn't mention the nationals yet who won the world series last year. And I brought Steven Strasburg back on a new deal, uh, but let's go through it. Uh, Sebastian, you have any predictions for the analyst this year? Uh, the nationals will repeat um, going off the, uh, the Phillies will take wild card one and the Braves will take wild card two. You think so both wild cards go to the national league wow. to, to the NL East. The Bryce right, Harper I mean, project do down in Philly will finally blossom, and the system that they have in place around them will match the standard. So three postseason teams in the NL East. Uh, Alex, let's go to you. NL East, what you got, top to bottom, or bottom to top? Yeah, I got to agree with Sebastian for the top. Uh, I do think the Nationals will probably win the division this year. I think that 
pitching is going to be so important in a in a shortened season such as this, and they still have what I think is the deepest rotation in the division. And then yeah. for me, it's a, it's a toss-up between Phillies and Braves at two and three, and I honestly don't know who's who right now just because both teams are so great on paper, but you kind of touched on it before, Brett. The Phillies have shown themselves to be a little bit inconsistent, not live up to the hype, especially last year with the addition of JT Realmuto even though I'll give them a little bit of a pass for that because he got injured for a little bit. Bryce Harper didn't really live up to his contract yet. I know it was just – Ooh, I don't know. Bad Mm -hmm. take. He's only making $25 million a year. (laughs) If you're talking about average annual value. It is is a steal. Well, you know. But now you have Joe Girardi at the helm. And we know that Joe Girardi, not to bring up the Marlins again, but he does have a tendency to get the most out of his teams, just like he did in uh, 2006 with the Marlins. So I and in 2009 when he had the richest team in baseball. Yes, he worked right, yeah, so he hard really for that. A lot. He really squeezed a lot out of those scrappy underdogs. <laughs> uh, but no, I think with Joe Girard at the helm, he'll be able to really glue everyone together and get them to do what they were built to do. And then, of course, I have the Mets at four and then the Marlins at five. Predictable back there. Gary, I'm I'm going same thing as Alex. I think mm. the I think the Braves are just a I don't know. Do you believe? Are you going? Do you think the Braves should be higher than three? Because I'm worried with their pitching. I know they got great hitting, but they did lose Donaldson, who was a big part of their lineup last year. I'm not worried about the lineup all that much. I know Donaldson has been a really consistent player and mm-hmm. probably more than what he gets credit for. He had yeah. the one MVP season in Toronto, but other than that, he's still been a very good hitter, especially for the third base position. Um. But, yeah, I, I, I have doubts, serious doubts about the pitching in, in the bullpen um, in Atlanta. They lose Dallas Keuchel. That was an important addition to their team last year. They've got Soroka, but mm-hmm. I'm not convinced he's going to be able to replicate what he did last year. I, I like the Braves a lot. You've got Acuna. You've got Albies. You've got yeah. Freddie Freeman. You've got uh, Marcelo Zuna down down there. I know there was rumors of them signing Yasiel Puig, but I think something fell through with that. It's the COVID. He got coronavirus, so if I think yeah. that nullified his contract, so maybe if he can prove that he's healthy, maybe they'll bring him up halfway through or something. Maybe the Rays get him. Who knows? Yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to make an <laughs> amendment to my prediction. I'm saying the Mets are finishing last. Marlins fourth. We're flipping those two. Okay. We're, we're switching that up. I don't know about that one. I it's don't know a, about it's that a homer one. take, but I'll live with it. <laughs> well, but I, I, I think uh, that's probably a good thing because I think we all have the, the same predictions for the most part. Uh, I've got Marlins in last. Um, then, I, then I'm going to go with the, with the New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies in third, the okay. Atlanta Braves in second, taking a wild card. I still think the Braves are good. Brian Snicker's a great manager. I think they're good enough to make it to the postseason. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the, the Nationals taking the division again. Uh, Alex mentioned it. A deep, such a deep rotation. You get to go Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, and it really doesn't get but much better than that, unless if you look uh, down in St. Pete with the Rays. What moves the Phillies down to three for you? And Because we, we already know why you like the Braves. What moves them down? I don't think – it's not that what moves them down. It's – it's. I just – I don't know – how much better they got in, in the off season. I know they mm-hmm. bring in Didi Gregorius and Joe Girardi, but does that, you know, they were, they were 500 team last year. Yeah. And I don't know if they got that much better to, to propel them into a second spot where they're competing truly for a wild card. They could still win it in third place. I think that's unlikely, especially with the way the schedules are set up this year. Uh, and we can talk about that too, but it's, uh, it's not nothing against the Phillies. I think they're almost there, but they could still be missing a few more pieces. And it's going to be whether Willie, whether or not their their front office is willing to maybe go out and sign another big free agent pitcher. Yep. Okay, that's fair. All right, NL Central time. Let's do it. So we've got the St. Louis Cardinals, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Chicago Cubs, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. We we spent a lot of time on the NL East. I don't know. We might spend a little less time on the NL Central. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, well, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs. They bring in Tallahassee native David Ross to manage the team. Obviously, he was their backup catcher in 2016 when they won the World Series. He homered in his last major league at bat in game seven of that, of that series uh, the, where the Cubs went on the win and beat the Cleveland Indians. And uh, then he, you know, was chilling at Tallahassee at Florida State basketball games and football games. And there were even whispers at some point that his name was going to be in consideration for the Florida State head coaching position uh, for the baseball program. And he didn't 
didn't end up with that job, but he ended up at Wrigley Field with the Chicago Cubs. And, uh, you know, no offense to the Florida State baseball program, but I think the Cubs gig is a little sweeter than that. He replaces Joe Madden, who goes over to the LA Angels. So don't really know if that's going to be an addition or a loss for the Cubs. It was kind of a mutual parting of the ways between uh, Joe Madden and Theo Epstein, who kind of, you know, combined forces to, to turn the Chicago Cubs into a super team for a little bit. And they obviously went on and, and won their World Series. But David Ross, uh, I don't know how he's going to do as a major league manager. It's his first time managing. It's his first time on a coaching staff. That's a big step. I know he was a backup catcher. I know he was the grandpa on that 2016 Cubs team. I just don't know if he has the experience to get it done. And, and what a season for your first season at the helm of a major league baseball club. Uh, it, a lot a lot of unknowns. So maybe that puts him at a more level, level playing field with the rest of the managers across the big leagues. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on, on the Cubs? Cannot hear you. I think your mic's out. His mic's muted. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, uh, I do like the David Ross move, but I'm kind of with you where it's not necessarily that he doesn't have a lot of experience, but I've never liked the idea of having a guy not very far removed from being a player. I mean, I'm not one of those guys that thinks that your manager has to be like 30 years older than your players, but I do find it weird that David Ross is what, like, what is he, six or seven years older than the oldest player on the Cubs? I feel yeah, like that's – maybe if that I, – I've just always found that weird. I don't know if there's any stats to actually back me up, but I've just always found it weird to have a player that basically just stopped playing uh, go for you now. But they didn't really seem to lose much this offseason. Uh, that whole division is pretty much up for grabs uh, other than the Pirates and – the Reds, really, it's going to be a three-team race there. I wouldn't be surprised to see them at the top, but uh, once we start talking about the Brewers, I'll tell you guys why I think that they'll still be at the top of that division when the season's all done. Gary, any teams in the NL Central that stick out to you before we get into our predictions? I think it's going to have to be the Reds. I mean, that's the team that everyone's going to say there's. that's the sleeper team this year. That's the popular people's choice. And I think rightfully so. I mean, they got a pretty decent lineup, and, they, and this, team, this division is – by far the deepest division I'd say in all of baseball, probably the most competitive one right now, but their pitching is probably what's going to be the biggest thing that everyone wants to talk about with Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, uh, and Trevor Bauer. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch over there. It's going to be, I think that's division is going to be a lot of fun to watch probably other than the East for the AL and NL. That'll be the other one that I watch the most often. Yeah, you, look, you talk about the schedule. So 60 games this year, 40 of those games are going to be against the, uh, your opponents within division. That is two-thirds of your season, 60%, 67% of your season against teams within your division. In a normal season, you're playing only about 44% of those games against the teams in your division. So when you look at a division like the NL East, like the NL Central, which I think are the most competitive right now in baseball going into this season – those teams could cannibalize each other throughout you know, this short stretch. And since you're not playing anyone else in your own league, which is my biggest problem with the schedule, I understand why they did it. They want to, they want to limit travel across country and, and, and try to limit exposure from the virus. But you're going to be competing for wildcard spots against teams in your league that you're never going to play against. And they're playing a completely different schedule. And I think there's some problematic – it's a little bit problematic when it comes to determining who, are, who the best teams are. Uh, that could be the problem here with the NL Central, that their ability to, to take a wild card spot could really hurt, be hurt this year because they're playing such a heavy schedule against their teams. They're either going to play the AL Central, uh, 20 games against the AL Central for each team. Uh, that could hurt – this division in general, I really like what the Reds are doing, but I really think there's one spot in the postseason from the NL Central, and it could be a, a, a mad dash to, to the finish line there. Uh, let, let's get to uh, predictions for the NL Central. Like I said, we've got the Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. That was the order they finished last year. Sebastian, you want to take a stab at the NL Central? Uh, the I'm – Definitely more familiar with um, the American League's Comedy Central and how much of a disaster <laughs> it is usually year in and year out. Um, so I, I'm not in too much of a position to really give an honest take. So what I'm going to say is just Devil Magic will strike again. And the St. Louis Cards will walk away with the uh, division. I don't see, like I said, uh, with our 
uh, NL East review, I don't see um, the Central taking a wild card spot away from either uh, Philly or Atlanta. All right, Alex. I think it'll be a three-team race with kind of what you said, a bunch of teams cannibalizing each other. I honestly don't see Cincinnati doing it. I could see them maybe touching the surface of that race just a little bit, but I still think it'll be St. Louis, Milwaukee, Chicago. Or from first through third, it'll be Milwaukee number one, St. Louis, and then Chicago at three. I still think Milwaukee has a pretty scary lineup, even though they did lose a couple key pieces. I think the fact that you still obviously have Christian Yelich, you still have Ryan Braun. Uh, and, Lorenzo uh, came. Lorenzo came, and I'm trying to find his name here. Uh, Keston Hira. Keston Hira. Yeah, exactly. That's um, I, think I think returning those guys is so important. They still have a pretty good rotation. Their one and two guys are really good. Um, I, I'm trying to find the names for you right here. Um, <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> Sorry. And then obviously Pittsburgh has no shot at anything. They don't have <laughs> anything going for them. Yeah, I think that that'll be what it is. I think it'll you'll still have Milwaukee at the top, and I think that you'll have St. Louis at two. So and do you have uh, St. Louis taking a wild card or no? No, I don't think so. I think that I think that both wild cards will be in the in the East. Okay, so you and Sebastian are on the same page there. All right, Gary. I I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, Brewers, Pirates from first to last there, and I like. I don't think the Brewers are gonna play as well. I mean, I think they lost four out of their six, uh, or they lost a majority of their uh, top home run hitters from last year. So that's really gonna kill you, and especially in this day and age of baseball where it's home runs are kings. So I don't see the Brewers being able to produce this year like they have in past years, especially because. You know what always happens? Guy gets paid, guy underproduces. It's uh, it's gonna. I think it might happen with Yelich this year. So I don't know mm. how that's gonna turn out. Brett, what do you got? Uh, that take is hot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've got the Pirates in last. Uh, I've got the Brewers slipping down to fourth. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their winning percentage is gonna look like. I mean, they went they won eighty nine games last year and made the postseason. They had a really good year and they were in it until the end for the division title. Finished only two games back of St. Louis. I've got them slipping down to fourth. I still feel like there's a ways to go with their pitching staff. Like Alex said, pitching is going to be so important this year. I've got the Chicago Cubs finishing third. I think there's going to be some bright spots about the Cubs this year. A lot to look forward with still with that team and some of the pieces they have in place. If they can hold on to Chris Bryant, uh, that, that changes things. Um, but with the new manager, with some of the question marks uh, uh, with their pitching staff and other parts of their team, Cubs finishing third. I've got the Cincinnati Reds coming in second. They're going to be the first team uh, on the outside in the post in the playoff picture. So I don't have a wild card coming out of the central. The Reds maybe finish a game or two behind. Like it's going to be close. They're going to be good, but maybe just not there quite yet. Maybe need a couple more pieces. I really like their pitching staff though. Their bullpen. They've got Rysel Iglesias and Amir Garrett. Obviously some lights out guys. Luis Castillo in the starting rotation. Trevor Bauer over there. And then in first, I got to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I really like their lineup. I really like the way they play defense. You got Harrison Bader out in center field. Obviously, Yadi Molina behind the plate. Paul Goldschmidt over at first base. Colton Wong at second. Uh, Paul DeYoung at short. Not the best defensive player, but he's got a good bat. Uh, I really like this Cardinals team. And, and obviously, Flaherty on the mound uh, as their top starter. Really like this Cardinals team. I think they're just as good. Uh, if not better. I know they lose Ozuna, um, but I really like the Cardinals this year, and uh, I got them taking the Central. I'm surprised that you have the Reds finishing that close. I had, I think the Reds are going to be good, and that's why I put them at third, but I just think they need a little bit more to make that jump to get in that upper tier. They might. They might. It'll be interesting. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it could all be close in, in that Central. I don't have the Cubs finishing that much far behind. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a log jam, really, at the top of that division. And that's why no one gets the wild card in the Central. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to the NL West. The Los Angeles Dodgers got knocked out of the postseason last year by the Nationals, who went on to beat uh, the, the, the Astros in the World Series. But the Dodgers are the odds-on favorite to win it all this year. They have a huge trade, a huge blockbuster deal in the offseason to bring Mookie Betts and David Price to LA obviously David Price opting out of the season won't factor in I don't think that really hurts the Dodgers chances that much you look at the rest of their pitching staff Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller they also lose Hyunjin Ryu that is a big loss 
He was, for most of last year, the best pitcher in the National League. He faltered a little bit towards the end. Jacob deGrom steps up and wins the Cy Young last year, but they lose Hinjin Ryu. But when you look at that lineup, and the only piece, the only big league ready piece they lost in that deal was Alex Verdugo, and they replaced him with Mookie Betts. Uh, Alex Verdugo is a good ball player, but Mookie Betts might be the best right fielder in baseball, might be, you know, a top three most valuable outfielders in baseball. And so they bring in, they, they, he's only there for one year. He's going to be a free agent. They could sign him long term, um, but they have him for 60 games. And I think they would take that because he really helps them and solidifies their chances to go on to win a World Series. If you're placing any bets on who you think is going to win the World Series, I would put my money on the Dodgers. I think they have the easiest path to get to the postseason and then the easiest path to make it out of the National League to face the AL pennant winner. Uh, I think you can get them at like plus 375 or something like that. Um, so if you're looking at futures bets for uh, the Major League Baseball season, I think the Dodgers are a team that you should maybe consider uh, in what is otherwise a pretty weak division. You could make some arguments that the Diamondbacks are going to be good and the San Diego Padres, but I, I'd like to hear, hear from you guys. Besides the Dodgers, because we know how good they are, we know how good they're going to be, what other teams stick out to you for either being really good this season or really bad this season uh, going into 2020? I think the Padres have that potential to be like the Reds where they can outperform a lot of people, what their expectations are. But I think they also have a very low, they also have a very low floor to where they can fall and fall like a yeah. rock. So that's the one thing like they can be, I think they can be the number two team in this division or easily the number four or five team. So I don't really think there's a middle ground, but they do have some good players. They obviously do have Fernando Tatis. They have Manny Machado, Hosmer. They got some decent guys, but I think, was it, their pitching really isn't phenomenal, at least in the starting rotation, but their relievers are pretty solid. So that's something that you can hang your hat on if you're them, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to carry them to a wild card spot. Yeah. The one team that really sticks out to me is the San Francisco Giants, a team that needs a lot of work if they mm -hmm. want to compete again. Their opening day starter is going to be Johnny Cueto. They're still dealing with some declining veterans, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt uh, in that team. And, and I've got some experience trying to rebuild the Giants, playing with them on out-of-the-park baseball. Uh, but they've got some talent coming through. They've got guys like Alex Dickerson and Mike Yastrzemski and Joey Bart, who will be uh, Buster Posey's successor behind the plate. There's some good young arms. Derek Rodriguez. Yeah, definitely. Well, and he's going to have to learn fast because Posey isn't playing this year. You got to remember that. That's right. Posey opts out. Um, he, he had adopted uh, twin twin baby girls. So, yeah. So, I don't know if Bart is going to play this year. I don't know if they brought in another catcher. I haven't really looked into it. But the Giants, I feel like they could end up finishing last in this division. The Rockies could as well, but the Rockies can mash. Uh, they, you, you look at their lineup – uh, Chucky Blackman, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, David Dahl, uh, Ian Desmond opted out, so he won't be there. But they have got hitters in Colorado and obviously in that ballpark. The ball flies. Uh, so the Rockies, I think, could probably hit their way out of the, the, the cellar of that division, but they need a lot of work on, on the pitching front, too. Got Kyle Freeland needs to turn things around. They've got Herman Marquez, who I think is a really solid starter, who could have some monster, monster numbers if he ever got out of Coors Field uh, in, in the Rockies. Uh, it could, things could turn – if the bats go cold for just a couple of weeks, which is such a large chunk of the season, like, things could go south real quick for Colorado. I think was it um, somebody said it in a it's equivalent to a 10 game losing streak is equivalent to about a 30 or 30 odd game losing streak this year. Is that right? Ooh, yeah, so it sounds right. So you go cold for one week or so, it really, really hurts you. And especially if you have that advantage like Colorado where the ball flies. Yeah, for sure. So it's let's a 60 get, let's, game or 50 game season. I'm sorry. 60. 60. 60. 60. So one loss is worth 2.7 losses in a regular season. Okay. Pretty much, so yeah. you, you take any form of losing streak and multiply it by 2.7 and yeah, you've got so a direct ratio. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be tough, especially with there's probably going to be a few more injuries and there are going to be some COVID-19 related absences. So mm -hmm. who knows, you know, if, even if a good team, 
and you know, I think teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and some of the other really solid teams are built to last, you know, if one of their top players goes down for a couple of weeks. Um, but a team like the Rockies, you know, if they lose Arenado or they lose Trevor Story for a couple of weeks, that could really hurt their lineup and really hurt their chances to win games this year. Let's get into predictions. Uh, who wants to start it out? I mean, I'm going to go Chalk. Exactly. I'm going to go, go Dodgers all the way. Dodgers. Yeah, does anyone think the Dodgers aren't going to win the division? I don't think there's a single person that would go against that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll tell you guys that if you want to make it interesting, the team that I think could, if there was ever going to be a team that competed with them, it would be the Diamondbacks. I think they have a very sneaky, good rotation that not a lot of people are talking about. They added Madison Bumgarner to a rotation that was already pretty solid. They already have uh, Luke Weaver, Alex Young. Zach Gallen, who's not great yet, but he's still a pretty good top prospect. I don't know if he still has prospect status, but he's definitely one of those guys that's young, but he's going to keep getting better with time. And not to mention, it's still a pretty good um, uh, lineup. They added Stephen Vogt, Cole Calhoun to a lineup that's already Two chubby white guys. Good. It's good enough. It's good enough with the rotation that they have. So I, I – I honestly don't think the Giants or the uh, or the uh, Rockies have a chance. I think it'll either be the Padres or the Diamondbacks. So I got from one through three, I got um, Los Angeles at the top, uh, Arizona, and then San Diego. So before we get another prediction, can we make this interesting? Because I think we're all going to go chalk um, for the Dodgers. Um, let's do an over-under bet. So 42 games – would be the same thing. Well, before I tell you that, do you think that the Dodgers won over 42 or under 42 games? That's a, a game season. That's a tough number because uh, was it a lot of MLB played a really safe with their projected. Uh, Give me the over. Yeah, I like the over too. The over. Probably pulled oh. up 113 games, 113 wins. Give me the over. 13. Uh, that oh. <laughs> Remember, it's a the lot one, of yeah, talent and not a lot of time. What is what is the, the Vegas the total for the for the Dodgers? <laughs> I have no clue. I think Vegas we lost Dodgers. Alex. Let's, no, there let's look it up. Vegas Dodgers odds. For uh, because, I just think with because... with that division, they're going to pick up a lot of wins in that division, and they're going to pick up a lot of wins in the AL West. Right. Uh, thirty-eight point. Uh, the first hit for Vegas Insiders says thirty-eight point five. I mean, I could really the see the Dodgers going forty-five and fifteen. Jeez, that'd be just impressive if they could do that. I'd... <laughs> I don't know if I'd really bet the over with real money on forty-two. I would yeah, take 38 and a half. Vegas would, has well, the it real at 38, number, which I would take. Yeah, yeah. But again, if they lose two in a row, three in a row, like it, you know, it hurts. But I don't know. We'll see. Gary, what, you got your NLS predictions? I'm going to go with the same thing as Alex. So you go or LA, Arizona, San Diego, and then we're going to go – I'll say Colorado, then San Francisco. San Francisco got worse because they don't have uh, Posey now. Where yeah. were you? I don't know if anyone else has solidified their wild card teams, but I've got the Dodgers winning the division. Then I've got the Arizona Diamondbacks making the postseason yeah. as a wild card team. I think Madison Bumgarner was a great pickup in this past offseason. They also have Cattell Marte, who was one of the most valuable players in baseball from a wins above replacement standpoint last year. He's got multi-position versatility. He can play in the middle infield. He can patrol center field. He can play both shortstop and center, two of the most premium positions on the field. And I think he's a huge piece in that Diamondbacks lineup. I really like the D-backs this year, putting them in the postseason. You guys ready to move on to the American League? Yeah, let's hit let's it. Please. Let's go back from west to east. And uh, let's, let's try to speed through that. We spent a lot of time on the NL. Uh, the Astros, obviously a lot of controversy surrounding the Astros going into this season. And a lot of that's been forgotten with the shutdown. If things had gone normally this year, the Astros would have been the storyline every single day throughout the season. And they still might be to an extent, but with no fans in the stands to boo them, with so much time having passed, with everyone just being grateful that there's baseball being played this year, uh, the Astros definitely get a lot of heat. But this is still a very good team. They lose Garrett Cole, who's a top probably three right-handed pitcher in all of baseball. It's probably Verlander, Scherzer. Uh, you also got DeGrom, too. So I should say top five right-handed pitcher. But Garrett Cole is right there, just as good as those guys. They're all – I put them all on the same tier. Uh, they lose him to the New York Yankees, but they still got Justin Verlander. They're getting Lance McCullers back from Tommy John surgery. I think that's like a new signing. 
think this is such, still such a great team, talented team, top to bottom. Uh, I know there's doubts about if their lineup is going to produce as much without the sign stealing. This is these guys are good hitters though. You still got George Springer. You still got Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, who I think is going to start the year on the IL. A really talented team that can smack the baseball. And, and the Astros are still the team to, team to be in the AL West. For sure. I mean, I'm watching them play the Royals right now on a summer camp exhibition game, and they're winning 5-1 to one right now. So if you're asking whether they can still score runs, I think the answer is yes, they will still be able to score runs at a pretty decent rate. Yeah. Uh, the other, another team that I think would be fun to watch this year is going to be the other team in the state of Texas, the Rangers. And if Joey Gallo can come in and play this season, I think that team is going to be a lot more, even more fun to watch, especially in the new ballpark they just built, which people are questioning the – architectural uh, design of it I know a few weeks ago but I still think that team's gonna be a lot of fun to watch especially just because I love to watch Joey Gallo play hopefully he's gonna be able to come back from his COVID recovery in a week or so and they bring in Corey Kluber yep exactly the Rangers are are good you got the the Oakland A's you get Frankie Montas back from a suspension Uh, they were in the wild card game last year they hosted the wild card game last year Uh, The Angels bring in Anthony Rendon, one of the best hitting third basemen in the league. They get him from the Washington Nationals. We forgot to mention him when we talked about the Nationals. The Mariners, not quite sure where they're going. Not quite sure where they'll end up. Uh, I don't don't think it'll be very good. But but let's get down to predictions here in in the AL West. Anyone taking someone other than the Astros to win the division? We'll let you go first if that's the case. Everyone's got Astros? Astros all the way. (laughs) I'm going to make things fun. The Astros, okay, I'll get I, wanna, I don't want to be a shock. No, I actually think it might be – I think the A's and the Angels have a better shot than anybody to, okay. to really, like, resting control away from, like, the, uh, the big dog in their division this year out of anybody. It's not Arizona for me. It's not Milwaukee for me. It's, it's far and away either uh, the A's or the um, – I almost said the A's again. The A's are the Angels. <laughs> and the Angels obviously just... bring in Joe Madden, who has yeah. had, had success at every stop. And he goes back to the Angels where he won a World Series as a bench coach back in 2002. He played his entire professional career there. Mike Trout just ripped double uh, at Petco Park. Sorry, I'm watching that game. Uh, and, yep, he just ripped a massive double. Love Mike Trout. Um, and the Angels, I think, God have a really me. good chance – and I'm going to go ahead and throw out my predictions. I've got the, the Mariners in last, the Rangers in fourth, the Oakland A's falling to third, the LA Angels of Anaheim in second place, and the Astros winning the division. And then I've also got the Los Angeles Angels winning one of the American League wildcard spots. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll eat, I'll eat my words with that pick because I don't know if they can uh, pitch the ball that well. Yeah, but I really like the Angels. I really like them having Joe Madden, as long as he is uh, able to adapt to his new situation, and he, he gets to play with Mike Trout every single day in center field. I think the Angels are going to have a really good season, and they could get hot, and that'll be enough to propel them into the playoffs. I do like the I do like that Angels pick of them getting to that wild card, but I think they'll just barely miss it. They're going to barely miss it to the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's will end up taking one of those spots. So I'm going to go. Stros, A's, Angels, um, uh, Rangers, Mariners. I think that's where we're going to go. And then uh, A's get the one of the spots for the wild card. Yeah, again, I just go the, the, the NL West and the AL West. In terms of the schedules, that is the weakest part of the schedule. I think uh, the Central might end up being that. Uh, and you get 10 games against the Mariners. You get 10 games against the Rangers. And I know they might be okay this year. Uh, you're get a few games against – the Giants, a few games against the Rockies. But you got to remember, like you got to remember for the A's or the Angels. Sorry, the Angels will play the Dodgers the most out of their. That's right. From the so, NL West, while the A's will only play the Giants the most. So the I think it's Rockies, only like a f- couple more games. I think you play instead of four, you play six, right? But, hey, sometimes now with the shorter season, those that one game yeah. is worth two two points. Like what Sebastian said, it's worth six two games. Seven. Eighteen games. It's so 18 there you games. go. So I. Right. I mean, I think Talk that about a baptism by fire for Joe Madden. Jeez, yeah, man. it really is tough. So I think that I think because of that little geographical uh, scheduling, I think the A's have the edge. All right, we'll move on 
to the NL or the AL Central, rather, uh, a, a weak division. Uh, and I say that I know the White Sox are catching a lot of people's attention with the guys they've got coming through the system and what they've been able to do. But this team only won 72 games last year. This was not a good team last year. Negative 124 run difference. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to turn that around, even in such a short season, to get them into the postseason. Obviously, look at the Cleveland Indians. They got worse, obviously, with the loss of Corey Kluber. They trade him over to the Texas Rangers, the Detroit Tigers, and the Kansas City Royals. Both 100 lost teams last year. And the Minnesota Twins, you look at them. They hit better than any team in the league. They scored 939 runs. Only the Yankees scored more runs in the American League and in all of baseball. And I don't know how you could look at the Twins and think that they're not the favorites in the AL Central this year again. Yeah, and certainly uh, was it Vegas is predicting the same thing. They got them their win total set at 34 right now. And then the next closest team in their division is the Indians at 32 and a half. So a little bit of a curveball there. I certainly didn't expect that. I actually like the White Sox in second that one. I like their prospects coming up. I think they made up some good signings in that year where they were trying to get Manny Machado by signing all of his friends. Turns out his friends are pretty decent <laughs> ball players. And so I think they're I think they're going to compete well with the Indians for that second spot. So I think it's as much as people are saying it's a joke of a division, which I think it probably is one of the weaker divisions in baseball this year. I still think it's going to be some fun baseball to watch. All right, Gary, what are your predictions for the Central then? I got the Twins. I mean, they are leaps and bounds ahead of the, this division, I believe. Then I got White Sox, Indians. Um, who did? What did the other? Oh. Shoot, why can't I remember the – I know we got the – why can't I remember their name? The Royals, Royals and Tigers. Tigers. Tigers are dead last in that division. Royals are going to finish just above them. I, you forget about the Tigers now. They've been bad for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> they have. And there was a, early on in the 2010s, they were in the World Series. Yeah, people forget. <laughs> Alex? Uh, just like you, I, I think that the Twins will be first in the division because not only do they have – clearly the best lineup in the division, but they also have a really good pitching rotation that not a lot of people talk about, especially the top two spots I feel are very strong in that rotation still. So I think it'll be the Twins, followed by the White Sox, Indians, uh, Royals, and Tigers. The Tigers didn't really do much to add on to their major league roster. I know they have a solid farm system, but nothing in the majors yet. And I know that Jordan Zimmerman is out for the year, and he's pretty much their entire rotation, isn't he? And he's out for the year with an injury. So I think they'll finish him last. Yeah, pretty much chalk for that division. I think it'll be interesting, but not for the same reason that like the National League East will be interesting. I think it'll be interesting because none of them are leaps and bounds better than each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. Who will gonna... the... Go ahead, Go Sebastian. Ahead. Oh, okay. Who will be the king of the Comedy Central? Who will have the crown of being the king of the clowns? I really uh, think it's going to be Minnesota just because the other uh, four teams in this division are just a bunch of bumbling bozos who will step over each other at every turn. It's like, um, you know, in, in English football or English soccer, how um, there's always this weird thing that happens at the end of every season for the top four positions to go play European or uh, Champions League football, where the top four, they call it, is lava, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's like no team really wants to stay on top. Um, it's like a race to the bottom with, with this division right. where, where Detroit has been woeful for, for a couple of years now. The Chicago White Sox are, in fact, the Chicago White Sox and have been since 2005. I don't know. I don't remember exactly when that World Series was. Just like ESPN. Right. You got it. You nailed and, it. 05. Yeah. So take that, ESPN. <laughs> and uh, Cleveland has been, um, has been riding – troubled waters let's call it for the past uh year i think and so I don't, too and I don't, I don't really see anything any dramatic upgrades uh during this uh prolonged off season so it, the twins um disappointed me in the playoffs last year and i think they'll do so again against the winner of the al east they've got the defending manager of the year rocco baldelli uh managing that team one of the best young managers in baseball I've got yeah, uh, the, the Tigers in last, the, the Royals in fourth. I think those could end up interchangeable. Uh, I don't know if one's that much more worse than the other this year. Then I'm going to 
keep the White Sox in third. I, I know they're catching people's attention, and I, I think it's going to be close. Indians in second. They're able to hold on there. And the Twins, probably a four- or five-game margin um, at the top. And that's a massive margin with, with such a short season. So, even the Twins and no wild – I've got no wild-card team in the Central. Does anyone have a wild-card team in the Central? Nope. <laughs> Nobody no. deserves it in the Central. All right, let's go to everyone's favorite division, the American League East. Uh, the Yankees won this division last year with 103 wins. Coming in second last year was the Tampa Bay Rays. Now the Boston Red Sox were competitive throughout most of last year and then really finished on a sour note. They scored over 900 runs out. This team can hit. They also allowed 828, which was on par with a lot of the teams that uh, did not perform as well in that season. And this year, they lose their top two starters. Chris Sale goes down with Tommy John surgery. David Price traded to the L.A. Dodgers, and he won't even be pitching at all this season. The Red Sox also lose Mookie Betts, their best player. Uh, there's, does anyone see a path for the Red Sox by some stretch of the imagination making it into the postseason, especially with the schedule they're going to have to play, 20 of their games against the Rays and the Yankees next year or this year? No, they have the opposite issue that we talked about with, with the Wests where I think everyone's going to have such a tough path in both of the East playing the Yankees, uh, pretty much four of the teams from the National League East. And there's still talent on that Boston roster. It's oh, just, yeah. They lost the three worst players you could possibly lose in one offseason, Mookie Betts, David Price, and Chris Sailing. Those are the three players that you do not want to lose. And I just – I just don't see a path, especially with that schedule. Yeah, if, if they if Chris Sale was there, I'd give him a shot just because their lineup is still so solid with guys like J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers. They've got a pretty solid backstop in Christian Vasquez. They've got some pieces there to score runs. But when the pitching staff already wasn't good last year, takes two massive hits in Chris Sale and David Price. There's just no path to victory there for Boston this year. They've got Hein Bloom um, in, in their front office now. Uh, they've got a new manager uh, with with all the Alex Cora stuff. Uh, a lot, a lot of question marks with the Red Sox. And honestly, you know, it's really ha- kind of hard to to uh, imagine what the path is moving forward for this team. What are their goals? What are their plans? They drafted Nick York in the first round of the draft, a guy that no one had in their top 100. Oh, we just lost Alex. Hopefully we can get him back on in just a second. Um, But, yeah, the Red Sox, no shot. I do want to talk a little bit about the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course. Of course (laughs) I do. Uh, I think uh, we've talked about it on this podcast, and and I've talked about it a lot before. Uh, The Tampa Bay Rays are built – for a 60-game season in which you're going to have to utilize some of the deepest, darkest depths of your roster. Obviously, there's a 60-man player pool for this year, and the Rays have some talent throughout that pool. I think they're going to be able to pull guys up uh, when needed to to, to fill in uh, and help this team compete because the Rays are competing for a World Series title this year. They're up there. You know, I think you've got the first tier. Uh, across both leagues with the Yankees and the Astros. But then you look at that second tier, and I think it's the Rays, the Twins, the uh, Astros, the the Nationals. I think those are all the teams that, you know, they're not the favorites to win the World Series. They're not the, the Dodgers or the Yankees. But if it's not them, it's, it's going to be one of these teams. I think the Rays are on that list. Uh, they, they lost Tommy Pham last year, but they get a full year of Tyler Glass now. It, you know, it's a short year, but they still get him back from injury. The, the, this Rays team, they're, they're ready to compete. They're deep. They've got, in my opinion, the best pitching staff in all of baseball from top to bottom in the starting rotation and the bullpen. You've got three aces with Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, and Tyler Glass now. Three closers with Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, and Jose Alvarado, and, and a lot of other talent uh, up and down the lineup uh, in St. Pete, uh, which makes, I think, the AL East an interesting division because with it being you – know, the, the Rays were seven games back, but in a 16-game season – that makes things, I think, a lot tighter 
in the AL East. And if the Yankees have a couple injuries, maybe, you know, I'm not wishing or predicting injuries, but if Garrett Cole goes down, how much does that hurt the Yankees? If a guy like Glaber Torres or Aaron Judge goes down or multiple guys go down. And everyone's I mean, we, had that happen, we had that happen last year, didn't we? Right. Where right. a bunch of people went down on the, on the Yankees and they excelled. They, they, those guys played at or above replacement and throughout and that entire Can they season. do that again, though? That's the question. And I, and I don't know. And I, what I think really makes, if you're looking at the divisions that are two-horse races, I think the AL East is going to be the most interesting one. It always is. It's simply put the best uh, division in baseball. Full this year, maybe me. not. This year, maybe not. In, maybe over the last decade, you've got the Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays almost always competing over the last 15 years, maybe. Uh, this year, I wouldn't call it the best just because the Red Sox take such a big step down and the, the Orioles Red are Sox obviously terrible. are in a tailspin, but I'd still put them above, I'd say, all but three teams outside of the division. I don't know. I don't know. They can hit. That's the offense. They can hit, they, but they're going to give up a ton of runs. They give up a ton of runs this year. The, uh, the Red Sox could finish fourth in the division. We'll get to our predictions. Let's do our predictions now, actually. Sebastian, start us off. Hey, uh, well, I, I did say that the uh, the Twins were going to play the best team um, outside of the division um, from the get-go. I think it – see, so difficult. That two-horse race, you're right, is, is very difficult to call. It's all a matter of – of who gets hot when, who stays. The regular season will just be who stays at a consistent slow burn to, to keep the heat on the rest of the division, who can farm uh, the Orioles, who can farm if they're as bad as, as most of you guys here believe they will be, um, how bad Boston will be, um, if, you can, if you can stay consistent over Toronto. Um, that is going to be the key to winning your division because you're, it's going to be extremely difficult to win games through those long stretches where you're just playing New York, then Boston, then New York again, and then you get like a day of rest and then you play Baltimore. It's so difficult. I'm I'm not gonna take any more time. I'll just say I'll play chalk. I'll I'll say the Yankees take it. I just don't see them. If if guys go down, the replacements are just as good. Maybe not just as prolific, but they'll be good for the time that you need them to be good. So I'll take the yeah, Yankees gotta, as the best roster. Yeah. As the best team in the American League, followed by uh, Tampa being wild card one, because that, like it. that's it's that's a brutal, brutal division. Even Alex, it doesn't. Oh, sorry, yeah, I didn't go ahead, cut you go off. Ahead. No, I'm I'm pretty much done. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a, a path where the Yankees don't win the division. Uh, kind of like what you guys said, they could face a lot of injuries, but I think them and the Rays. Both also happen to have the deepest rosters at the major league level, but also in the 30-player pool uh, for, for their reserves. So I think that if anyone gets injured or gets sick on the Rays, I think they'll be fine. But at the same time, unfortunately for you guys, you can say the same thing about the Yankees. Yeah. So I think it'll be Yankees 1, Rays 2. I'm, I'm still going to say Red Sox 3. I like the Blue Jays. I like a couple of the pieces in their lineup. I love Vladdy Jr., but I still don't think they have what it takes to, to get into the top half of that division. And then, uh, of course, number f- uh, number five. Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore. Yeah, them. Course. Forgettable. They're forgettable. No, it's the Marlins' uh, home opening opponent. I should have known that. But, yeah, <laughs> yes. Baltimore, we could keep them in five. Yes. Gary? I think, yeah, I'm going to go Yankees, Rays at the top of the division. Rays obviously get that wild card spot. Um, then I'm going to go Toronto at the three spot. I like them over the Red Sox. The Red Sox, the problem with them, like, like we said, they're going to give up a ton of runs. And when you do that, when you're giving up a ton of runs night in, night out, the hitters get a little bit demoralized. They're like, man, we're doing our job over here. You guys can't do yours. Like, we need something at least to pick us up. So, I think the hitting might get demoralized and they might give up almost in the season. So, and then I got, uh, so Boston four, Baltimore five to round out that division. So going to be fun to watch in that top half with the Yankees and the Rays. But I think other than that, it's not going to be too much fun. And then I'll go from bottom to top uh, Orioles, Red Sox in fourth, Blue Jays in third. I really like the Ryu signing. Mm-hmm. He has been, I know he was amazing last year. But I think he has really been underrated throughout the rest of his career. He missed a big chunk of – he missed all of 2015 and 2016 with injuries. 
Uh, but other than that, he's been an amazing pitcher in that Dodgers rotation. He's been overshadowed by Clayton Kershaw, the best left-handed pitcher of our generation. So when you look at Ryu, I think a lot of times people don't realize how good he's been for multiple seasons, um, especially with the way he finished last year. I really like that signing for the Blue Jays. Only at $20 million a year. Uh, there's still room for them to add onto that team. I think they're going to put together a pretty good season. They got Charlie Montoya uh, coming from the uh, Kevin Cash uh, coaching tree or the Rays coaching tree with these guys that are leaving the Rays front office and coaching staff and going to have success elsewhere. Charlie Montoya, you know, been with the Rays longer than uh, Kevin Cash has been, uh, but was his bench coach for a little bit in St. Pete. Then give me the uh, Red Sox or the not the Red Sox, the Tampa Bay Rays in second place. They take a wild card. They're gonna they're, they're gonna host the wild card game against the Angels at the Trop. And then uh, the New York Yankees winning the division. I think Garrett Cole was the golden goose this offseason, and they got him. Uh, they were already an amazing team. This shutdown has allowed guys like Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, um, given them the time to get healthy. This Yankees team, it, it, unless there's major injury issues or major absences, this is still the team to beat, not only in the American League East, but in the American League. And, uh, yeah, I got them winning the division. We're not going to go through the playoffs, but real quick, we'll go who you got in the NL, who you got in the AL making it to the World Series, and who you've got winning. Sebastian, let's go to you. So it was um, who's the best team in the AL, who's the best team in the NL? Who's going to win the pennant, and who's going to win the World who's Series? Who's going to win the pennant? Oh, wow. That's, it's way, way too early for that. Um, it's all it's about, way too early to be doing divisions, too. I have all my written down. <laughs> So we're not doing the playoff. Just who's going to win the pennant for each league? Jeez, I mean, who's going to be? You're, you're asking me who's going to be hot at around the 40 game mark, and who's going to stay hot through the 60 game mark? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a difficult question, Brett. Um, you want us to come much, back? It's uh, yeah, come back to me, All right, I, Alex. American League, nationally, who you got in the World Series? I hate to give you the boring answer, but I can't see a path where it's not Yankees-Dodgers. Of course, crazy things happen in baseball. I'm sure it's not going to wind up this way because it never happens the way that people predict it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm tr- I was trying to think of an answer to throw you guys off, throw a little curveball in there, but I just can't. Both of these teams are so talented. And I, I know that a shortened season can make some wonky things happen, but – they're guaranteed to make the playoffs. Those aren't the teams that are going to be left out. You know, it's it's the lower it's the lower playoff teams that may get bounced out and, and get an unfair uh, disadvantage from the short season. Once you're in the playoffs, the playoffs are all the same. So I don't see a reason why I can't be Yankees-Dodgers at the end of all this. And who do you got win it all? Oh, that's a good one. I, th- I just think it's going to be the Dodgers just because I think that so – so many of them already have World Series experience. I know most of that experience is losing, but they, they're still there almost every year the past four or five years. And I think eventually, eventually that's got to help you. Mm, definitely. Sebastian, are you ready or are we going to go to Gary? Yeah, I, I think I've got it. I mean, Dodgers for me, uh, no doubt, and the National League pennant. Um, for the American League, I, I really want to say – a team that I'm not going to say, so I don't drink some. And I'm also knocking on wood because baseball is in fact the most superstitious sport of them all. Um, so I won't say who I, I believe will. I think I'm picking instead, up what you're putting down. Yeah. So instead I will pick the New York Yankees to lose to the Dodgers in six games. Okay. All right. So we got Dodgers, Yankees, Gary, you changing it up at all? I'm changing up a little bit. I got the Houston Astros taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm flipping back and forth right now between who I think is going to win it. But ultimately, I think this is the Dodgers time. I think they're going to finally get the monkey off their back and defeat the boogeyman that is the Houston Astros. I, I was kind of pulling, maybe pulling to put the Astros in at, this, at the champs just as the agent of chaos and to kind of <laughs> give a middle finger to the whole nation. But I'll, I'll keep it calm and go Dodgers to win it all. Man, oh, I, I should have went first. I was going to throw the Astros in there. I thought I was going to be the only one. I've got oh, no. Astros and Dodgers too. Uh, like I said, they lose Garrett Cole, but they technically add Lance McCullers. And I think that's going to be a really good addition with some of the stuff we've seen out of him in his young big league career. 
And they've got Justin Verlander, who could still be, you know, he won the, he's the defending Cy Young Award winner. I don't think we're going to have time for, for award predictions tonight. We'll leave it at the World Series. But uh, I've got the Dodgers beating the Astros in the series. I, I agree. They, they do finish it off. They finally get it done. Clayton Kershaw, one of my favorite baseball players of all time, uh, kind of busts out of his shell in the postseason. The only awards prediction I'll make, Clayton Kershaw, World Series MVP. I, I got Mookie Betts as the NL MVP. Okay. That, that's, my one, that's my one prediction for a vote. Before we move on, uh, can we just point out how like wrestling that storyline is? Mm-hmm. The team that's despised by everyone, the perfect heel, the cheaters, the Houston Astros go on to win the pennant and face the L.A. Dodgers, who are like a begrudging face, where it's like not everybody likes the Dodgers. And if you're in the uh, NL West, you really don't like the Dodgers, but you absolutely do not want to see the Astros win another World Series. So they begrudgingly become the man of the people, and they finally get what's been denied for them for so long. You know what? It's, okay. it's, it's a, at the uh, and instead of a title belt, it's the it's the piece of uh, aluminum yeah. um, as our <laughs> loving chairman or our loving commissioner has um, has called it. Um, and they well, finally they finally get theirs after a rematch with their longtime rivals. It's a great story. Go ahead. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Sebastian. One of the reasons that I hate the Astros is that they made some of us, including me, feel bad for the New York Yankees and Los Angeles Dodgers, which I never thought. No. Whatever happened, the the fact that they made me feel bad for the Yankees is unforgivable in itself. And same with the Dodgers. Like the fact that the Dodgers could go into the World Series as the good guy, I mean that's that's I don't know if I can accept that. You know, but I you think know, we're gonna have to. I kind of have a hot take. I don't know if I probably think I assume a lot of people don't agree with this right now, but I'd rather see another Houston Astros title before I see another Yankees title. Because the I just no, think uh, I uh, you we all should know this. We all are from Florida. Growing up here in South Florida, especially, we have a ton of Yankees fans. You guys are in the home of Yankee spring training. You guys hear it all the time, don't you? So it's, I it's think it's the devil, you know. Really, yes. it's like who? What kind of cancer do I want my grand? Do I want my grandmother to die by? Jesus, oh, uh, that's a, okay. That's a bit far. That, that's the question you're there. asking. I me wasn't right taking now. it there, man. But I, I'm just saying, like, I can't take the Yankee bias, Yankee whatever. It's still Yankees one, Astros two for me in my uh, rankings of which team do I not like right now. Yeah, Yankees. It's always Yankees suck. Yankees yep. suck forever. Exactly. You can't get away <laughs> from right. it. Screw that the Yankees. Is going to do it. Hate the Yankees. <laughs> that is going to do it for tonight's episode of Tomahawk Talk. We'll have more baseball to talk about next week after this first weekend of games. And also NBA and NHL. They're getting restarted too. We'll probably dish out some predictions for them. But I wanted to get a baseball panel on tonight. And that we did. And you guys knocked out of the park. Uh, thank you, as always, to our producer, Sebastian Angeliano. For Alex Krutchik and Gary Putnick, I'm Brett Rutherford, and this was Tomahawk Talk. We'll talk to you guys next week.